0: Let us make amends now. Let us correct our lives now. Let us have a passion for Jesus. Let us do everything with a passion. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted. If God us. had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners saved only by grace. For worship, we were created, and for worship, we should ever live. Jesus. And so now that we have put our faith in him, he takes away our sin, He help us under his righteousness. Good morning, my dear friends. another wonderful day, and it's such a pleasure for me to be in your presence once again. As always, I'm here to share with you, with us all, really, and with others, the word of God. The world of life. We live in a world that is very difficult and getting even worse. A world that is becoming very unstable, in a world in which things are very uncertain. What is the future of this world? Is the world coming to an end? What is the meaning of of all these wars and rumors of wars? What about all the issues that are going on in the world? Where do I stand? In terms of my relationship with God, my creator, if I should die now, where will my soul spend eternity? And while you are alive and well, what are you doing? What is your passion? What is the goal of your life? Those are some of the questions we are trying to respond to this morning as a challenge to me and to us all. Will you join me, therefore, as we, as we read the Word of God and let it challenge us and teach us how we need to live? Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. And pray, Lord, that you may help us to review ourselves, our lives. Try and find out whether what we are doing is fruitful. That, in fact, whether what we are engaged in is what you called us to this world to do. What is our level of commitment? How is our work? How is my life influencing others? Is it for good? Is my influence for good or for evil? Teach us, O oh God, to be as you are and as many as are called Christians to be like the Lord Jesus Christ, like yourself, O oh Jesus. And this we pray in, the wonderful, in your wonderful name, in the very name of Jesus Christ. Our loving Savior. Amen. Shall we read my brothers from Second Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 to 10? 2nd Corinthians chapter 5, 1 to 10. This is Paul writing and saying, Now, now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, We groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now it is God who has made us for this very purpose and has given us the spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. For the things that we do in the body now, whether they are good bad. Now, um, our basic message is that we are made to serve God. We are made, we were created to please God, to live for Him, and to please Him, to do His will. So, are we doing that? What kind of us, I would like For us all to ask ourselves, what kind of a Christian am I? What is my passion? Is it for God or is it for other things? Now, a few weeks ago, I had a a person talking on television. You know, there was a panel of people discussing, talking. And one of them, um, I can't remember how they subject of God arose, but this man said, according to him, there's no God. What was surprising is that this man, that all the people, it was supposed to be a, a discussion among Christians. Therefore, my assumption is that this man regarded himself as a Christian, and yet he does not believe God exists. Or there's ever been God at all. So, so what kind of man is this? Who is a Christian and yet he does not believe God exists? He is an atheist. These are people who have killed God. They don't believe that God ever exists or he has ever existed. Now my friend we read in this very same bible that in the end in the last days doubters and scoffers will come second peter and also jude a doubter is one who does not believe in spite of tangible proof about god we call thomas in the bible doubting Thomas because when the others told him that they had seen the risen Jesus, he said, no, I can't believe it until I touch his hands where the nails had been, had, were dri- had been driven, and his side. if only, if I could physically see him with my eyes and touch him, then I'll believe he is risen. A scoffer, on the other hand, is one who mocks and ridicules, especially Christians, he also scoffs and, and ridicules the gospel. Sanballat in the book of Joshua and his friend Tobiah mocked and ridiculed and even threatened Nehemiah and his, uh, uh, when they were build, rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. But Nehemiah was not deterred, nor threatened. He continued building the wall um, until it was completed. And this is is an example of a man with a passion. He would not let even threats to his own life deter him. And so I'm saying that we all need to have passion for Jesus. We need to passionately do his work and do his will here on earth. Passion, by way of definition... You know, work It has several meanings. Some are, some are negative, others are positive. Uh, for instance, we say passions do sometimes run high uh, during, in, in, at, at political meetings or at party, uh, political party elections or during football matches. Passions, uh, you know, may be stirred up. Thus, or, or we have an, a hobby that you that, that you hold on to with a passion. That Therefore we say, you know, a passion is a strong emotion or interest in something or in somebody. You can love someone with a passion or you can even hate someone with a passion. Men are commanded in the New Testament to love their wives with a passion. Amen? Uh, men, let us try and let us Prayerfully uh, fulfill that commandment, shall we? So, passion, my friends, even when you look back at history, it has been and it is and it will continue to be the driving force in, you know, in everything that we do, in all human endeavor. So historically speaking, you know, um, looking back at history, we can see that passion. Of the inventors, those people who we study, whose story we, we study in history, uh, achieved, you know, great milestone at their time because they had a passion. Some had a passion in war, in fighting, in building, in their inventions. Some were, 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 were passionate about their about the arts, in music. Architecture, for instance, the prince who built the Taj Mahal in India—one of the um, the wonders, one of the wonders of the world—was a prince who built the Taj Mahal for the for the love of his life. This was passion, my friends, and without passion, life can be dull, boring, unproductive. But then, there is also Biblical passion, and that is our interest this morning. So let's try and answer two questions. What does God demand of us? And how do I get a passion for Jesus? Now what does God demand? He wants us to be alive, not just surviving. He wants us to be passion, to live passionately and to do whatever we do passionately. I have come, said Jesus, that they may have life and have it to the full. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus wants us to have life and live and and have it to the full. Be god seeks worshippers. God says, I seek worshippers who will worship me in truth and in spirit. Anything less than this is to mock God. In the Old Testament, God actually constantly rebuked the nation of Israel for, 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 being passionless, for instance, giving him sacrificing animals that were sick, or that were defective. Right at the beginning, he re- God rejected Cain's offerings, and yet accepted His brother Abel's gift. Why? Because of the condition of their heart. In the book of Revelation, we read about these passionless churches. And so Jesus had letters written to each one of these churches, judging their character, their character and judging them according to their spiritual condition. And I think it will help us if we looked at some of these churches. Take uh, take Ephesus, Ephesus for, for instance. Jesus says, you have forsaken your first love. You have lost your passion. You no longer love me as you loved me at the beginning. What happened? or take par- Parganum and uh, Thyatira. They were, they had compromised their faith and sold themselves to Satan and to Jezebel and also to Balaam. Sadis, he pretended to be alive and yet they were, by, by reputation, it was a dead church. And the church at Laodicea was accused of being neither cold no warm and therefore it was tasteless in the mouth of the Lord and he was about to spit it out they claimed to have acquired a wealth and yet they are very poor in the eyes of God my friends I want to invite us to look at the state of, our, of the church today all over the world The seven churches in the book of Revelation were called to repentance. In the Old Testament, as we said, Israel was constantly called to repent to repentance. We need to repent, my dear friends, for we have fallen; we have abandoned our first love. God's promises depends on whether or not we are going to repent whether we are going to ask him to restore, to, to confess our sins and ask him to restore us back to a, a, a proper relationship with him. And I think these are some of the things that we need to repent, uh, to, to repent of. There are many, much, much, you know, more than this, of course. Number one is that we really have failed to believe in God's love and security and so we go seeking for love and for security elsewhere we seek security in money in wealth in our relationship in our connections in government and in the in the, in the, in the commerce and industry we look for for, for, for security in in you know in, in our education in, in our stature in life and those kind of things what do people think about us is is one of our greatest concerns but we are also guilty in our failure to believe that god that in god we have self worth so again we go back to the world and seeking to live by worldly standards uh, So that we can get approval and acceptance by the people of the world. Friends, we have failed to believe that God has a purpose for all of us. Whether we are great or small, God has a purpose for each one of us. Ultimately, we have failed... To be his witnesses in the nations we have failed to be his witnesses where we work where we do business where we live we go to church and we do all those things that we church people are expected to do but we don't tell anybody we don't share our faith with anybody else we have refused to be his witnesses to the nations See how they are fighting, how they solve their conflict through war. How can, how can war really bring about peace? It only brings destruction of life and, and, and property and misery that will last forever. And so, my friends, as long as we are called Christians, we need to have only one love. We need to address ourselves to a one-man audience. Let God be our sole audience. We belong to him. He created us for himself. We are like... God, in fact, considers his church, we, his people, to be his bride. We are engaged to him. We are married to him. We cannot offer our love all our favours to anyone else but God alone. Otherwise, we shall be called prostitutes. Biblical passion, therefore, my friend, has to do with the state or the temperature of our relationship with God. Accordingly, when Jesus was asked what was the greatest command commandment, he said that the greatest of all commandments is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And then he added, and the second one is love your neighbor as you love yourself. And said, of all the commandments, these are the greatest. It's all about love. And in this God uh, Jesus was quoting from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter, um, chapter 6. Uh, now, Paul, in our reading, shows himself to be a man with a passion. He has a passion to please God in everything he does, or in everything he did. Paul lived to please God, and he died pleasing God. I... As as I've already said, he knew of only one audience that was worth his attention. And so he addressed himself to this one-man audience. Not a crowd. He sought God's approval. He sought God's favor. He sought God's help in all things. He worked for God. He served God. He ministered for God. He related to other you know, for God, not for anybody else or for anything else. He says we make it our business, or we make it our goal to please God. Verse nine of our reading. Paul has only one goal in life: to please God, whether in death or in life. His work and all his activities are dedicated for the attention to the attention of only one person, Jesus Christ. And therefore, um, he challenges us as well, just as Jesus did, to imitate him. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That is the goal of our faith, my friend, to be like Jesus, not like the world. Consider how much we desire to to be to please people, to be accepted, we have become people pleasers. People pleasers, my friends, I believe, are some of the most miserable people on earth. Even so, we still try to please people. We love to be admired. We we want to be praised. And whatever little thing we do, we won't be thanked. We erect memorials for ourselves in our name. How can we say then that we are, we, are like, we, are, we are Christians when we are so unlike Jesus? Jesus who lived and died to please his father. How can we say we are like Paul when we did not live as he did? to please God. Towards the end of his life, Paul wrote to Timothy as follows, 2 Timothy chapter 4, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous Judge will award to me on that day, and not only to me, also, uh, not only, uh, is, he, I mean, which he will award to me on that day, and not only to me, also to all those who have longed for his appearing. Now, my friends, that is a scripture. That is Paul. There's, there are also other people, you know, we can, we can refer to. But the, 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 these words are written for you and for me now. That's why we are reading them and talking about them. So let us ask ourselves, what is my passion in life? What do I best, do I most like doing? What is it that I like doing most of all? how do I get passion for Christ since I'm a Christian and I'm called by his name? I would like us to applaud, I mean, I, I, I would suggest or even recommend let us explore the Bible. Let us take time to explore the Bible and see, see and discover the reason why from group A whole nation of Israel, only a few names have been selected and and, and named in the Bible. In the New Testament, Jesus appointed 12 apostles, but we read only about a few, Peter mainly, and then later on Paul. I'm sure the others also did a lot of work, but somehow... They have not been written. And that's how it is, isn't it? When we read our newspapers, what we read as news is not really like, it's not a record of everything that happened. It is just a summary of what happened, you know, what is recorded. Otherwise, the newspapers will be huge books. And so this is a summary of the scripture. We need to read the whole the Bible, both Old and New Testament, completely in order to get the whole story. And when you do, my friends, even as we are doing, let us practice every day to do what the Bible says we do. Not, we should not just settle for reading the word and not doing what it says. It will amount to nothing. Then let's go out and tell others and share our faith with others. We shall be judged on these issues, my friend. Let us make amends now. Let us correct our lives now. Let us have a passion for Jesus. Let us do everything with a passion. And may God help you. And God, we shall meet next time, God willing. In the meantime, let's go and serve God with a passion. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us, for challenging us. You have established examples which, we can, we, which if we followed them, our lives will be full of fire. We shall be on fire for Jesus. That is what is needed of all of us. Help us to be as you are, O oh God. In Jesus' name, amen. This book is just tremendous. We have wholeheartedly obeyed the new teaching and trusted you. If God had not breathed into Adam's nostrils, Adam would have remained just a lump of dust. How should we then treat the Bible? All of us are sinners, saved only by grace. For worship, we were created. And for worship, we should ever live. Jesus died for our sins. And so now that we have put our faith in Him, He takes away our sins.